It says, people didn't understand. Jesus was God's perfect son, sent to earth to save them from their sins. The leaders brought him to the Roman governor who put Jesus on trial. Many people were against him. Crucify him, the crowd shouted. Kill him. Nail his hands and feet to a big wooden cross. Jesus didn't deserve this. He had spent his time on earth loving and caring about people, helping them to know about his Father in heaven and telling them the right way to live so they could one day join him there. Dying on a cross like a criminal was a very sad but important part of God's big plan. And Jesus would do it. He wasn't a criminal, but he would die like one. The soldiers built a heavy wooden cross and nailed a sign to it that said, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then they marched Jesus through the streets. They made him go up a hill to the place called the Skull. And then they nailed Jesus to the cross. They also crucified two criminals with him, one on his right and one on his left. It was so painful, but Jesus still prayed, Father, forgive these people. They don't understand. Why don't you save yourselves? Someone laughed. And of course, Jesus could have saved himself if he wanted to. A crew of angels would have rushed down from heaven to rescue him if he had asked. But instead, Jesus chose to stay there on the cross and die to save all those who believe in him. No one could ever love as much as Jesus. Then it happened. God poured all of his people's sin in the past, now, and forever into Jesus' heart. Father, Jesus cried, don't leave me. But God had turned away from all the sin, and Jesus felt all the dirt of the sin and all the anger of his father that came with it. But it wasn't his sin. It was ours. Jesus felt it and suffered for it so that we wouldn't have to. Right then, at that very minute, the world changed forever. Now God's people had hope. By asking God's forgiveness for their sins and believing in what Jesus had done for them, their hearts could be made clean, and they could live in God's perfect heaven forever. At noon, an eerie, dark cloud filled the sky and hid the sun. Powerful lightning and thunder jerked across the sky. God's mighty anger at sin came down. The earth shook fiercely. Huge rocks shattered and split. The sky swirled with dark, scary colors. Father, I give you my life, Jesus said. Then he looked up toward heaven and cried out, It is finished. And he died. And it was finished. Jesus had done it. He had taken on himself, God the Father's anger, and the punishment that was meant for his children to save us from our sin. And here's what it says in John 3.16. It says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone, everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. So I don't know about you guys, but when I was in fifth and sixth grade, I hated, hated when there was something that I couldn't do myself and I had to rely on someone else to do it for me. Have you guys ever been there? Raise your hand. Like, if there's something that you just can't do for whatever reason and you had to rely on someone else to do it, 
and you're like, oh, I just want to do it myself. So, like, I remember when I was your guys' age, I was like, man, I just wish I could drive because then I could go wherever I wanted. But you had to rely on who to drive you everywhere? Yeah, you had to rely on your parents or maybe your older siblings. Oh, I just wanted to drive. Then I wanted to drive, you know why? So that I could go get a job and so I could make my own money. Who here wants their own money so they could go buy whatever they want? They don't have to rely on their parents. Like, when I was your age, I was like, guess what I wanted to spend my money on? I wanted to spend my money on food. I was like, I want, I want to go to Wendy's or Fazoli's or wherever and just eat as many breadsticks as I possibly could. But I didn't have any money. And I had to rely on my parents. And, like, I'd go to baseball games and I was like, dang, I really want, you know, 10-cent Laffy Taffy, but I don't have a job, so I don't have any money. So I had to rely on my parents. I had to go ask them. So I had a friend I had a friend who had a problem just like this, but it was really weird and really different. So I'm going to tell you guys. You can't tell him I told you, though. Sound good? Promise? Okay. I won't tell you his name. I won't tell you his name. It's a friend of mine. It was whenever I was just a couple years older than you, like seventh and eighth grade. Um, he had a problem, okay, and he couldn't take care of it. My friend was super, super hairy, okay, just <laughs> hairy, okay. And I'm not talking just like he had a big beard. He had the hairiest back ever and it was gross I'm like like if he was going swimming I was like bro take off the sweater you know kind of thing because his hair back was just hair so he was super embarrassed though by it like obviously if think think about it if you had a really hairy back would you kind of be embarrassed about it like picture this picture this you guys all like have seen my eyebrows right picture a bunch of those eyebrows on someone's back you know what I mean like hairy okay so he was super embarrassed by it, and there was something he could not do. He was embarrassed. So he would like, man, I just want to get rid of it. So the only way to get rid of hair, like when I, on my face, when I, when I want to get rid of the hair on my face, what do I have to do? I have to shave, right? And so he wanted to get rid of the hair on his back. But guess what's super hard to shave? Is, <laughs> I mean, how do you do it, right? So guess who he had to rely on to shave his back? No, sickos, I would never do that. That's gross. He had to have his mom do it. Oh, man. I can't imagine. Dude, I can't imagine what that conversation must have went like. Like, um, mom, uh, so can you shave my back? <laughs> I mean, gosh, that sounds awful. So anyway, he had a problem, uh, but he's good now. He just embraces the hair, and he's cool with it, right? So that's my buddy. But there's something else. So I'm not going to talk about hairy backs anymore. There's something else that we cannot do ourselves, okay? And it's all, has to, it's all uh, about this couch, okay? We talked about it the last couple weeks. And I don't know if you remember, but what, is this, what does this couch represent? You guys remember? Yeah, it represents the couch potato, right? So it also represents someone right, who either doesn't care about Jesus or someone who would rather sit on this couch because they like it, what it represents, which is sin, temptations, and all the things that we want to do ourselves, okay? It's selfish, okay? Selfish sit on this couch, right? And it represents those things. But guess what we can't do? We cannot get off this couch on our own. We can't do it. So if this, if this couch represents sin, represents temptations, represents all the things that we want to do, we cannot get rid of sin ourselves. I don't know if you were listening to that story earlier, earlier, 
But there is only one person, one person, one person only that can get us off this couch. Do you guys know who that is? Jesus. And the reason why Jesus was able to do that is because he was able to defeat sin in all the selfish desires that we will ever have. He was able to defeat it once and for all by getting on that cross. On your cards, um, grab your pens and your cards. There's a little phrase on there that I want you guys to write down. So Jesus, he got on the cross. Right there, you can see it right there. Jesus got on the cross so I can get off the couch. And, and stay off the couch. Because here's the deal. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus died on the cross, he took sin and got rid of it. He erased it. All we have to do is believe in Jesus and accept him into our lives. Ask him to be our savior. He wipes sin clean, okay? And that gets us off the couch. That gets us off the couch. But the problem is, the problem is, is guess what? That couch still looks pretty comfy, doesn't it? Sin, the things that we want to do, still looks pretty good to us. Still looks pretty good to us. We still want to do things our own way. We don't want someone else controlling us. We still want to sit on this couch. But Jesus getting up on that cross not only gets you off the couch the first time, but it helps you stay off of the couch. Jesus does that for us. Jesus does that for us. And I don't want you to forget that. I don't want you to forget that. Jesus got on the cross to get you off that couch and to help you stay off that couch. Look what it says in Romans. Let's look at this up on the screen. Here's what it says in Romans. It says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Get rid of, right? That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So what is that saying? That is saying Jesus got on that cross to die for your sins so you could get off the couch. And he was obedient to that cross. Jesus didn't have to do it. Did you hear the story? It said Jesus didn't have to get on that cross. He didn't have to. He chose to. He chose to because he loves you so, so much that he doesn't want you sitting on this couch and and being in sin any longer. He wants you to live a full and complete life with him. So he was obedient to the cross. So if we can't get ourselves off the couch, what can we do? What can we do? You know what we can do? We can be obedient to We can be obedient to Jesus. We can believe in him. We can accept him as our savior. We can get baptized in his name. We can follow what he's calling us to follow in the Bible. We can listen to what we're talking about here at church. We just have to be obedient to him. But it's up to you. We may may not be able to get ourselves off the couch, but we can be obedient to Jesus. That's what we can do. So on your cards... After you've heard um, what that story had to say about Jesus, what's the first thing that comes to mind now whenever you're thinking about Jesus? Write that down. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Jesus? After hearing that story, after you hearing what I have to say, maybe you talked about it in small group time. The first thing you think of when you hear Jesus. Maybe it's thankfulness. 
Maybe it's he's our savior. He's our God. He took care of me. He got me off the couch. He did something that I can't. And the last thing I want you to write down is what is keeping you on the couch? What is keeping you on the couch? Or maybe what makes you want to come back to the couch? What sin, what temptation is keeping you sitting on this couch, rejecting Jesus, rejecting what he has to say, and sitting on this couch, enjoying life here on this couch? What's keeping you there? What sin is keeping you there? What's making you want to come back to it day after day? Write that down. No matter what it is, no matter how hard it is to stay away from that sin, God is so much bigger. And Jesus died on that cross um, all those years ago for all the sins um, back then, all the sins now, and all the sins you'll ever commit, uh, commit. Jesus died once and for all for that. And so no matter what you put, Jesus can get you out of there. All you, have to be, all you have to do is be obedient to what he's calling you to do. And that's to believe in him and to accept him. To accept him as your savior. I don't, I don't know. Some of you guys may have already done that. Some of you guys may have already been baptized. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I want to follow Jesus. So what does obedience look for you then? It's going into that next, that next phase. Going to be a gym member and being at church and being a part of what's going on here on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings. Or maybe obedience looks looks like something else. Maybe it's becoming a kingdom worker and doing what God is calling you to do day in, day out. I don't know what it is for you, but God is calling you to become more and more like him. And so whether that is baptism is your next step, or whether that is just reading your Bible or praying more, whatever it is, you can do it. And it's not because of you, but because of Jesus, you can do it. So tonight... Tonight, we're going to celebrate that some more. And we're going to celebrate that again through communion. So if you've, given, if you've chosen Jesus, if you have chosen Jesus to be your Savior, if you believe in him and you know that he died on the cross to save you from your sins, then I want you to partake in communion with us. The same way we've been doing it, by taking the bread and dipping it in the juice and eating that. Remember what Jesus did on the cross. Remember that story that I read. And don't ever, ever forget that Jesus is the one that got you off the, off the couch because you couldn't get off of it yourself. It's, sometimes it stinks that you can't do stuff on your own, but not this time. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome that Jesus um, came down to this earth to get you off the cross. And guys, I want every single one of you to know that Jesus that I know. I want every single one of you to know that Jesus. And if you're sitting there saying, I already do, that's awesome. I want you to go out and tell everyone you know about who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life. Because I want them to know as well. Whether they're sitting right beside you or they're back at school sitting in the, in the desk beside you there. I want them to know who Jesus is. I want them to be able to get off the couch and be done with sin once and for all. So tonight, I want you to think about what Jesus did for you and think about how you can be obedient to what he's calling you to do. Let me pray. God, I, I love you. 
And I, I thank you so much for just how you take care of us each and every day. Uh, we just um, are very thankful that you um, came down from heaven, um, died a horrible, horrible, horrible death, the death that we deserved to get us off the couch, to get us out of sin, and to save us once and for all. Help us to listen to what you're calling us to do. Help us to um, obey your word. Help us to take that next step. Take that next step, whether that's baptism or something else, Lord. Help us to follow you in all that we do, Lord. And help us to spread your name wherever we go. We love you, and it's in your son's precious name we pray.